In the Booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw! You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got holes on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. How about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. And we are back in the booth. Good to have you with us on a Thursday, our final show of the week. In fact, our last show until Tuesday of next week. Tomorrow's a travel day. Headed to Lynchburg, Virginia for the football game Saturday night at 6. Much more, of course, on that as we progress through the show today. Monday is Labor Day, so we'll step aside for that one and come back to wrap up the weekend and all of that good stuff for you on Tuesday. Welcome in the booth, brought to you by the Hoffman Sausage Company. Grab a Hoffman hot dog or sausage, your favorite food booths at the Great New York State Fair, certainly through Monday. We talked about that on the show yesterday. I favor that uh, maple breakfast sausage that's at the maple display in the horticulture building so check that out but certainly other facilities there at the fair have their hoffman we hope you will too and uh, make it part of your labor day celebration and football kickoff weekend week zero is just a tease there was a couple games that's just kind of a warm-up for everybody this is it everybody football is here then the nfl will kick up and we are off and running brian higgins is here tommy is here hello boys how are you I'm uh, I'm still anti week zero just because I like starting counting with one. It's yeah, it's a dumb phrase. Yeah, and uh, I'm pro summer at that point of the year, so <laughs> that that really threw me off last week. I was uh, attempting to enjoy a barbecue, and all of a sudden people are playing football. That's right. And I just don't know what's going on. That's right. And we're back to a beautiful day. Yesterday uh, rained uh, throughout the day and was kind of gross, and uh, now back to uh, perfect as it was on uh, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, I started my day with a funeral. Uh, Want to dedicate the show to my man Norm. Uh, who passed away 89 years young. And Norm was my boss in the only real job I ever had. Norm uh, owned and operated the small town hardware store. Okay. And so the funeral today, my father did a great job giving the uh, remarks. Uh, I was asked by the family to, to do it, which was an honor for him. And uh, he was great. And just kind of a synopsis of. Norm's life, Norm McGowan was his name. He was a veteran, uh, worked in every capacity around the town. He was the DPW guy, worked for the school. He was in private business, et cetera. Then he opened up the hardware store. He moved, moved to a new facility, built it up, blah, blah, blah. Built several of the buildings around town, knew everybody's projects, went to their homes to help them you know, fix their plumbing or whatever need be. And uh, he was a great guy for me to work for just as a high school kid when I was just getting a few hours and trying to get some gas money, et cetera, and uh, tremendous American. And it occurred to me this morning, just kind of hearing people talk about him and, and driving back uh, toward home in town today. There's one of those probably, I hope there's one of those in every community around here in central New York, at least one. And in every town in America, there's the guy, who, guy, gal, and hopefully several of them that gave of himself. He built the American Legion. He built the library. He was involved at the school, the ball fields, whatever they needed. And um, tremendous uh, individual. So uh, R.I.P. Norm and uh, best to his wife, Ellie, who used to work uh, with us in the store. And his uh, daughter, Debbie, ran the store. So good, good uh, people. They don't make them quite like that anymore. And uh, we're thinking about them. 
is everyone named Norm a good guy? I, I think so. I, yeah. I mean, that's a Cheers thing, but I, sure. I think it may be the case that Norm, yeah. like a, a lot of these towns, the guy is named Norm, and uh, great to hear the story about that. And when you say built those places, it sounds like he literally was holding a hammer, like yeah. built the places. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. And uh, in some cases, he literally did, and others, he was a consultant or somehow involved in, in the project. But um, you know, five foot four and a huge smile and very helpful and. Like I always tell people, I've, that's the only real job I've ever had. From college on, all my jobs have been in broadcasting. I flip a microphone on and uh, talk about sports and go to games and do that for a living. It doesn't really feel like work. But for, for him, you know, sold people their paint and tried to fake like I knew what they were looking for in the plumbing department. And I was good at paint. I was a good paint mixer. And the mixing? Then, okay. Yeah, and then like the old ladies who came – and when they had to buy their solar salt or their cement or whatever, I would lug it to the car for people. That that was my job. But I and I you know, would stock the shelves, whatever need be. But that's the only like actual real world kind of non fantasy uh, type job. And Norm was a great boss and uh, fun to be around and good people. And uh, I hope that you recognize the people that are like that uh, in your sphere, wherever you're kind of going, and uh, certainly support the people who do those types of things that are selfless, that are behind the scenes, that uh, where would we be without them? Like I was telling my dad and I were trading stories about him because obviously he knew him a lot longer than, than I did. But uh, the other thing that occurred, I don't know that this happens anymore and, and it might not even happen at his store anymore because it's 2019. We had accounts like any, any uh, contractor in town, any public you know, certainly the school, uh, the golf course, the the bank, whatever. And once we got to know everybody, somebody would come in, they'd be working on a project, they'd go in and pick up, you know, their three things of paint or some nails. They would just walk Wait. out the door and wave, and I would write it down, <laughs> and they'd get billed at the end of the month. Bob you know? took nails. Right. And uh, and that, my family had had an account there, and, you know, you just, you settle up one time at, at, at the end of the month, and... Uh, they don't do that. I can't imagine that happens. I can't think of any place in my. I make a lot of transactions. There's no no place other than you know a country club environment or something like that that I can can think of that happening. Uh, they do charge me every time I leave the Home Depot. <laughs> right. They yeah. uh, they yeah, make those, sure that happens. The big box stores they uh, they go about it uh, a different way. So uh, R I P Norm and uh, again the, whoever that is in your family in your uh, community. I'm sure you know somebody like. Like that, they don't make a ton of them anymore. But uh, good people, and, and we like to support good people. Speaking of that, um, didn't have time to get this into the show yesterday, Brian. But uh, we were watching during the show and checking it out. This mm-hmm. uh, piece where the women's basketball coaches from around the conference have chimed in with their support of uh, Tiana Mungakahi is very cool. Yeah, she uh, she was one obviously diagnosed with breast cancer back in June. She's been going through uh, chemo. I imagine her next uh, appointment. Uh, with the doctors for that. It's been Friday, so uh, I imagine it's uh, tomorrow. She reached the halfway mark of her uh, rounds of chemo. That was now a couple weeks ago, and she uh, came out and uh, really talked uh, more significantly publicly about it for the first time. And I think people have known the story, and uh, let's take a listen. As It was every other coach and some of the players in the ACC that sort of chimed in with their support. Hey, to my favorite point guard. Hey, Tiana, remember us? You single-handedly beat us in the ACC tournament. Coach Hoover here from Wake Forest Women's Basketball. This is Wes Moore at NC State. Hey, Tiana. Coach Tina Thompson here. Hey, it's Coach Sue. Hey, Tiana. It's Coach McGraw, Notre Dame Women's Basketball. 
Tiana, it's Coach Walls here with the University of Louisville. Coach Brooks here from Virginia Tech. Tiana, you are one of the greatest competitors I've ever coached against. You have inspired our best because you're so good, so very good at what you do on the basketball court. All of us down here in Raleigh have so much respect for you and admire you. You are the fiercest competitor we've ever played against. Your toughness, your resilience, and your ability to crush your opponents. The fighter that you display on the court is exactly the mentality that you will need to fight this courageous battle. And there is no question um, that you are a fighter all the way. We know that you're going to inspire us with your toughness. And toughness you are. We want you to know that you're not alone in your battle against cancer. With the competitiveness and the fight and the fire you have within you, you are going to do great. I know you're going to kick its butt. The chemotherapy's got nothing on you, girl. We got your back. We're here to support you uh, every step of the way. I think you're going to go out and put up 40 on this cancer, just like you put up 40 on us. We know what you've been going through lately, and we just want to say we're thinking about you. We just want to let you know our thoughts and prayers are with you for a speedy recovery. We are sending our best wishes and prayers to you, Tiana. We're cheering for you, we're rooting for you, we're praying for you. We got you. We believe in you, we love you, we're praying for you. Go beat this thing. We're praying for you. Tiana, everyone here in North Carolina is so behind you. We want you to know that Virginia Women's Basketball has your back. All of us here at Pitt Women's Basketball want you to know that we are with you every step of the way. We love you. We love you. Thank you. We're here behind you at the University of Louisville. At Wake, we stand tough for team. Tiana, know that you're in our hearts and prayers. Boston College is here. So get yourself healthy, get back on the floor, and know that Georgia Tech is pulling for you 100% and you will come out victorious. And we'll see you back on the floor. Well, that was pretty cool uh, yesterday. Well put together. You can uh, watch it if you go to the Accuse Women's Basketball uh, Twitter account at WBB or on Instagram or all those places. It's uh, everywhere. Uh, obviously, that you'll see which of the coaches were. One of the early voices in there was Miami's coach, Katie Meyer, who was remembering the ACC tournament game last year where Tiana just went bonkers in the fourth quarter and that was a game at the time the Orange had to win. Basically, we went into that game knowing if Syracuse won the game, they were probably hosting an NCAA tournament game last year. Had a huge lead. It went away, and Tiana pulled it out down the stretch. And one of the other voices in there was uh, Coach Sue, Sue Semrau of Florida State, remembering when Tiana put up 44 in Tallahassee in another game that they had to win, basically, if they had a chance to do all that stuff last year. And she dropped north of 30 in the second half. So uh, Coach Sue has not forgotten that. It's so great. What, what's a better comment than drop 40 on cancer like you drop 40 on us? There you go. <laughs> that is, That's why people like Coach Sue. She's got yeah. a uh, good turn of phrase about her. She's been yeah, down in Tallahassee so cool. for uh, north of 20 years now. Yeah, and uh, Tiana's killing it from uh, what we've been able to, to see so far. And we wish her uh, continued uh, strength and health as uh, she battles cancer. And uh, the hope is, of course, we see her right back out there on the court and uh, doing her thing. Uh, tearing up the opposition. So uh, a couple of feel-good uh, messages there to uh, start the show. Uh, with one, of, one of her brothers last week was mm-hmm. uh, up with her uh, sister-in-law and her parents are going to be back in town shortly. She's got five brothers. So they've kind of all been rotating through the lengthy trip up here from Australia. That's not a weekend trip, so they stay for a, a couple weeks when they come up. So it's uh, been great support she's had, uh, both locally with the Syracuse women's basketball community and with her family coming from home. Very good. Okay, we will uh, turn our attention to the football game, which is Saturday night at 6 o'clock. Adam Terry will make his first appearance uh, on the show for this season. Adam back in the booth with us uh, for uh, his insights and analysis 
uh, for the game on Saturday night. We'll visit with Adam on the other side of this timeout. You're in the booth presented by the Hoffman Sausage Company on the Syracuse. No, it's not even that. It's on ESPN Radio Syracuse. I'd get it right eventually. See ya. In the booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. That seems to me to be a sponsor you can get behind as well there, Adam, huh? As we uh, welcome you to the show. Today you're on the Burdick Toyota guest line, but uh, the show as a whole is sponsored by Hoffman Sausage. How great is that? That's, I mean, I think they need them in the booth this year. That's right. We'll get some product and uh, we'll be able to maybe maybe do a little breakdown of uh, your favorite hot dogs. That's what we did on the show yesterday. How are things? You ready to roll? Ready to have toe meat leather here? Bags are packed, ready to go. And, uh, you know, kind of excited for this game. I think it's going to be you know, going into it before I started reviewing, you know, what Liberty was and, you know, you're reading the articles, but they've got a pretty good team. And then the addition of Hugh Freeze and the offense, granted, he's been, you know, he's been on IR, he's banged up a little bit, but uh, just to see what this game means to that university, um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to roll. I still haven't seen the official word here, and I don't know if they've made their call, but I, I would imagine maybe Freeze is in the press box with us, but it won't surprise me at all if they build him some sort of uh, enclave fortress on the sideline where he could hang out. The, the Boogermobile suggestion I think is a good one. What would be lost if he can't make eye contact with his players during the game? Well, I, you know, I think it's just running off the sideline. So, you know, some of the, the new coaching staff is going to have to really step up. But, you know, when you run off the sideline and that coach, the head coach is looking in the eye either in, you know, jubilation or whether it's uh, disappointment, those things really ring true to a player because that's the first person they're going to see when they run off the field, and then they get to talk to their to their coordinator or their position coach. And if he's outside of that, he's now it's going to lose that energy of running to the sideline. You're going to see the guy that's already going to start chewing you out before you even get to the bench. So it's going to be an interesting perspective for him. He's saying he's not calling any of the offense, but you know I have a feeling he's going to be he's got his hands in it already. But also, too, is the player because and I watched one clip that Liberty put out and him coming out on the field in the golf cart, and that, that team was fired up. They were, they were happy. They were ecstatic to see their coach, and you saw the energy that surrounds him. There was a piece, Adam, on ESPN.com earlier today about Hugh Freeze, and I think it mentioned they've built like 16 new athletic buildings in the last decade or whatever, so... Number seventeen could be whatever they're building for Hugh on the sideline. I think I think they're good to go on that. But uh, what is it for for Syracuse on this? We, we've talked to Dino about it and the players and preparing to face this. Where this is like a, even a new level of unknown on top of the unknown, trying to prepare for a game like this. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think there's a lot of a lot of underlying things that I never even really thought of. I watched. I, I read an article in the LA Times today, or it was two days ago, about how. Uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. is trying to make liberty uh, to the evangelical Christian what Notre Dame is to the Catholics and what BYU is to the Mormon. That that blew my mind right there. And now to understand what that is, the energy that's coming into that environment, it's going to be uh, almost like a college game, game day setting for liberty when they play Syracuse. So I think Syracuse just has to come out and match the intensity. I think it's going to be one of 22,000 people screaming and cheering with a big tailgate prior to, 
and they almost have to treat it like a Clemson because Liberty is treating it like the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think I think that is not only worth pointing out, it's worth repeating and keeping in mind all the way up to kickoff here. This is a real milestone for them. They set their course a few years ago, and we talked to Hugh Freeze on Tuesday's show. We talked to their radio play-by-play announcer on yesterday's show. This has been in progress for a decade at least with the idea that we're going to try to be big time, and one of the steps there is to regularly play FBS Power 5 uh, competition. This is the first Power 5 program to visit their stadium and the uh, first one to uh, come in ranked from any stripe. So uh, for them to be competitive or to win this game would uh, really uh, put them on a map uh, in a way. And I think they see themselves realistically trying to be maybe not like a Central Florida, but they probably see themselves as comparable to Memphis and Cincinnati and, and places like that if if they can um, just turn over the talent level here a little bit, and that's the, the commitment they've made with Hugh Freeze. And I, I think, Adam, I think one of the quotes of these articles, I think it was from their AD, Ian McCall, who said they're treating this game like a preseason bowl game. So it, that, that, that's a pretty big thing. that They're, they're fired up for, for Syracuse as a ranked team to be there this weekend. And, and he should know because Liberty last year, um, you know, went out and played against his uh, former alma mater, the athletic director, and they and they actually won that game with who my favorite well, they, player is. Uh, Go ahead. My favorite player right now, just because of his nickname, is Buckshot Calvert. He goes down right now in, in infamy and any – any annals of, of college quarterbacks is probably having one of the best nicknames. One of the best nicknames and one of the worst beards of, of all time. And uh, if if he, I'm going to give him credit. I think maybe that's a training camp beard, and that he shaves it off going into the game and, and gets you know tight for for game night. If he rolls out with that uh, mangy uh, red beard for Saturday night, that's going to be a very poor decision on his part, in my opinion. But I'm a cranky old person, so. Yeah, and, and I got to correct myself. It's 2017 that they yes. went out and they beat Baylor, but it's but it's one where they've gone in and they played big time competition. You know, last year Army, Virginia, and yeah, you know, they didn't come out with the win. But two years prior, going down to Baylor and coming out with that win, I think it's it's one where they they set the precedent and they're setting that bar even higher for uh, for number really. And we're, and the one thing I forgot about this is. Syracuse right now ranked number twenty two in the country going down. So it's that it's that reversal of fortune. Usually Syracuse is going in trying to upset somebody. Now it's Dino said it during training camp was the easy part is turning the program. The hardest part is staying on top. And you know, having that understanding and having that day in and day out at Syracuse, I think they're gonna come out and match the intensity. And realistically they should beat them up pretty good. One last thing I'll say about Liberty to give them credit before we turn our attention uh, back to the Orange. Liberty's gone right out if you look at their future schedules. They're playing Virginia, Virginia Tech on a regular basis for the next 15 years. That That's one way to do it. I mean, they're not shying away from uh, the teams that are there in their state. They're going to have to go head-to-head and, and with re- recruits, win once in a while, uh, certainly try to get the, the best scraps that are left over uh, by those two within the state. And so uh, they're going head-on here. And uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this trip because I think it's – I like going anyplace uh, new. And uh, this is one where I think we will be impressed by the facilities. They are very proud of uh, some upgrades they've made in the areas that we'll see, the press box and, and, and that type of thing. So looking forward to that uh, Saturday night, 6 o'clock start. Adam Terry is our guest on the Burdick Toyota guest line. Adam, what about – I'm sure we asked you this going into last year. 
and now it's two in a row because there's so much talk leading into Clemson, yet you've got two games on the road. And what are the pros and cons in, in your mind of, of kind of gathering a, as a, a team to make a trip tomorrow and opening in a new place? Well, one of the good things that Turkey's has is, you know, at least defensively, they've got a bunch of veterans that can go and teach them what it is to get on the plane, how you go about picking up your sandwich, throw your garbage away before you get off the plane. When you arrive, what are we doing? How are you recovering? So I think there's there's a lot more of that um, than there has been in the past. And it's also, you know, Coach P, when, when Coach Pasqualoni was there, and I, and I assume when Coach Mack was there because it was the same thing, it's a business trip. You know, you're going down and you're coming back with a W. It's not hey, what are the sights and sounds of Lynchburg, even though you know we're staying in Roanoke? So I, I think Syracuse has an advantage, but the disadvantage that they have is they're the targets. So you know it'll be an interesting – I want to see Dino and how he walks on the plane, and when I see him walk on the plane on Friday, I probably can give a pretty good indication of how this game is going to turn out. All right, well, nudge us and let us know right then. We'll be tearing into our sandwiches. Hopefully we do it the right way. I just like that Adam's ready for the get the garbage thrown out and keep our aisle clear. I mean, it's a little cramped in there because you're still a big boy, so that I'm glad you're already prepared for the cleanup, so that's good. You, Brian, you're still sitting in the middle, man. I, I know, exactly. That's why I'm glad that you've got it clean and tidy so uh, the stuff's at least not spilling over. That's what he's talking about. So uh, another of the themes, I think, and this we'll come back to this, of course, in the early couple of weeks is – Yes, Tommy DeVito is new. Tommy DeVito is promising, but that it's not all on Tommy DeVito. Who do you see as the the key pillars here that this team is built upon that are going to allow DeVito to have a normal progression as he learns? Well, offensively, you got to look at the backfield, and you've got you know three solid running backs. Mo Neal, who you know with I believe it's seven hundred and fifty plus yards, will hop in the top ten of Syracuse running, you know, rushing yards total, like that jumps out to me where he's been kind of under the radar. If he has a great year, it's going to make it a lot easier for Tommy DeVito. And Abdul Adams, when he gets in the game, he can break off a home run, but he's also so solid in pass protection. He's able to go uh, watch Coach Lynch present at uh, the New York State Public High School Athletic uh, Association, their football um Coaches clinic, football coaches clinic, and it was Abdul Adams who continually popped up on the highlight. He was he was stepping up. He was hitting the linebacker a little little beat up at the beginning of this uh, preseason. But then you've got Jarvie and Howard, and the one that is the fourth guy is Jawar Jordan, who who showed during the spring game that he can really get out. Those are guys that can rush the ball, but there's still got to be good guys up front. And we've seen that turnover occurring uh, during training camp from uh, scrimmage to scrimmage of who those guys are. They have a lineup right now, but it's going to really be who's ready for that Clemson game of, of how effective Tommy DeVito is throughout the season. Because at the beginning of the beginning of these two games, it's going to be, Hey, how well, how effectively can they run the ball to uh, tighten up the box? So now he has better opportunity, but when they, when those guys really can match up on the outside, it's going to be, uh, how well he can deliver that football. And hopefully by that point in time, they've established the run game and that offensive line is ironed out. You said it, Adam, on that old line, it wasn't even scrimmage to scrimmage as we saw. It was series to series in scrimmages and practices of different groups and 
uh, units out there. Oh, what do you make of the group that we're going to see, at least in Game 1, or Series 1 of Game 1, where the veteran Aaron Service goes to left tackle, Evan Adams stays next to him, and it kind of fills out uh, from there with Sam Heckel at center, Dakota Davis at right guard, and uh, the newest addition, the redshirt Frosch. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait, the other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Don't care no more. Clemson and Alabama have opened up as split amongst the sports books this year for national championship favorites. Do you agree with the sports books, or do you have a clear team between those two in mind? I don't. I mean, everybody who watches the game, writes about the game, is is down to those two. I think. Yeah, I can't go chapter and verse on Cle- on uh, Bama's personnel. I would give Clemson the slight edge. They're the incumbent, and uh, certainly have a head of steam coming into this thing. I'd say the one thing I read a Stuart Mandel article yesterday on the Athletic, where I guess he was the lone guy among that group. He picked Georgia to win the national title, and his own reasoning was other than just trying to be different, which he winked as part of the reason was that nobody has repeated as national champs, which would be Clemson going back to Bama uh, more than a decade ago, and it happens exceedingly rarely, uh, rarer than you'd think in college football with with these dynasties that really exist over time with USC and Miami before that and teams that never really actually quite uh, repeated for one reason or another. And his other thing was that Georgia was basically one play from beating Alabama on a, a fake punt uh, last year in the SEC title game, and they lost the national championship two years ago on a second and 26 in overtime. So you could make an argument they were one play away from doing that, but uh, things just seem to not go right for Georgia when they're that close uh, historically going back more than 30 years now. But can you make Georgia the favorite? No, I think you got to pick either Clemson or Bama, and a coin is a good way to choose it as any right now. Now, maybe we'll laugh about me saying this here in a couple of weeks, but let's not totally write off the idea that Clemson gets a challenge in its second game, Texas A&M. They're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and Texas A&M has just a ridiculous schedule. They they play, I think they play Alabama, but Georgia, and Clemson. If you think you're going to win the national right. championship, you got to beat Texas A&M. Because all those schools that think they're going to are playing Texas A&M. Right, right. And, uh, you know, so that, just as we say, Syracuse has to be wary uh, going to Maryland. Certainly, Clemson, who does have the best talent in the country right there with Alabama, uh, has to be mindful of uh, ATM. Now, I'm not sure how it works with you guys, but we've gotten recent uh, sports books near us with Turning Stone, Point Place, and all those uh, casinos. Do you guys hit up the gam- the sports gambling world at all? I've never been a gambler. No? Um, Lotto tickets, nothing? No. Even the most simple of gambling? No, I mean, blackjack, you sure. know, occasionally. But uh, the and I've made one trip to... Two trips actually to Vegas in my life, pretty pretty tame. My understanding is right; these books you can't bet on New York teams. No, you can't. So it would be NFL, obviously, mostly. But there's there's some games tonight. I Might mean, be a fun place to watch games. True, could be. the sports book to watch games. If you're in Vegas, it's sensory yeah. overload. I was out there at an NFL Sunday a few years ago, just by happenstance, and it's just every game's on the wall, and it's pretty cool to watch. And people are people are reacting to the games way different than you'd think because they're reacting to something. That has right. to do with an over-under points. But like, why do you care what's going on right yeah. now? Oh, they got to 55.5 points in the game. Yeah, and it's interesting to watch that. Like, I'm just an observer. I, I kind of go in, and you can see people doing the same thing. The first time I ever went to Vegas was during the NCAA tournament. So a half-court 
heave at the buzzer affects the first half over right. under and somebody loses their mind over it at, at uh, 930 in the morning you know so that's pretty cool it adds to the the March madness uh, I'm myself I've never been one to uh, get down on games but uh, the taboo is certainly coming off that and and obviously it's it's something that people can do here in town I'm trying to make my way out to Tony Stone tonight because Brian like you said week zero that's a fraud tonight really is where college football starts you got Clemson uh, playing tonight Texas A&M a team that you guys mentioned playing tonight so I'd like to go out there tonight, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Just, just tell me, Tommy, you're not dropping any money on the last day of the NFL preseason slate tonight. I'm <laughs> tell me, that I'm, is not occurring. No. Uh, if I were to make my way out there, it probably would, unfortunately. But <laughs> I'd say it, that I, is the I'm, first sign of a problem. I'm yeah. not going to go out of my way to do it. <laughs> I'd say every team is playing tonight in the NFL yes. is not trying to win the game. So that, that's right. a hard one to bet on. Yeah. Take the under. We'll move on. <laughs> SU, they've they've named their captains for the Liberty game, and it might not be who you expect to be captains. It's the backup quarterback, Clayton Welch. It's a defensive lineman, Brandon Barry, and defensive back, Carl Jones. We have the uh, first Dino Babers show over at Press Room Pub tonight at 7. Uh, this will come up. We'll ask him because I don't know uh, what the thinking is here. I look trying to find something. Congrats to those guys, by the way, but I don't I don't know what the... They're all seniors. Yeah, that's that's the only thought, thing yeah. I come up with is that they're all seniors. Two of them redshirt seniors, so they've been with the program for a couple of years at least. That's the only sort of similarity or, or rhyme or reason I could come up with uh, for these captains. And last but not least, uh, Matthew McConaughey has been appointed to be a film professor at Texas University. A cool... That has to be an unbelievable class to be a part of. All right, all right, all right. I mean... <laughs> What's the wait list for that thing right now? Oh, yeah, it's got to be off the charts. <laughs> yeah, insane. I mean, it's got to be a fun time. I'm. It might. Maybe if he takes it seriously, it's not going to be as fun as all these classes you hear about. You know, wine appreciation and stuff. Everybody says. I, oh, I've heard. I never that took it. I heard that was like the hardest class. Yeah, I I, right. I've heard that too. I, I didn't didn't take it either. But there's uh, classes that are marketed well and have uh, sound like they're uh, all fun and games that that really aren't at the uh, level of higher education. Matthew McConaughey's got a great life, man. And if I look like that, I would, you know, drive my Lincoln and take my shirt off and drink my wild turkey and hang out with whatever you want to do. I mean, the guy's guy can he's pretty much can write his ticket. He lives in Austin, Texas, at least part of the time. A great spot, and uh, God bless him. He loves his Texas football. He's always there he talking to the uh, the team. There was just a video. Yeah, uh, I wonder if they ever kind of get creepy about that. It's like you know, all you have there is one of the greatest pitchers of all time, Roger Clemens, is like a Texas groupie and. Matthew McConaughey, they're on the side. And Texas of all the football big itself yeah. has had their fair share of big names, but they're, they're getting an actor every year talking to them. He yes. was just on the bench for a, a basketball I game. Saw that. Yeah, he's got what, the do you, suit. what did you think of that? It uh, kind of reprised his role in uh, We Are Marshall, where he was the okay. head coach, Jack Langle. Uh, I thought he was really good in that. Um, you know, not my, not my business, I guess. Not my cup of tea, but I, I don't care that they did it. It was strange seeing him yeah. on uh, on the bench. You're right. It was his burnt orange suit, though. He, he had that suit to match, yeah. the, match the Texas colors. I'd love colors. to know like what he what he says to these guys and what he adds and how he how much he really knows versus just like being in the spotlight. But uh, I think he's actually he's a doing legit, his thing. like football guy. I think he really knows what's going on. Like he yeah. he could go chapter and verse. I think on that Texas roster. Okay. Well, so. Uh, Professor McConaughey, I think he's probably making about five grand as an adjunct on that, or what? I'm sure that's exactly how he's getting paid. <laughs> yeah. All right, back with uh, the wrap-up of the program for the week here in just a moment. We're in the booth, brought to you by the Hoffman Sausage Company on ESPN Syracuse. In the booth with Matt Park is brought to you by Hoffman Sausage Company. 
Roger, speaking of that Hoffman sausage, head out to the New York State Fair now through Monday. Various uh, locations at the fair offering up the uh, family of uh, Hoffman sausage products. The Snappy Griller, you want the White Hot, you want, as I pointed out, the Maple Sausage offering, which is at the Maple New York Maple uh, Display in the Horticulture Building in kind of the back part of the campus there. So uh, head on out to uh, check that out as I did yesterday, dropped off... Uh, Hoffman maple sausages for uh, Steve and Seth on the show. We enjoyed those, and uh, we appreciate uh, Hoffman providing that and uh, being a little creative for the fair. So still some time for everybody to get out to the fair. The football game, which is on the road, road games obviously for a local fan are less time-consuming. You just need to be in front of your TV or computer or radio or whatever. We'll certainly have all that covered for you. Uh, Brian will kick off the pregame show at 4 o'clock Saturday and then uh, 6 o'clock start time to the game. I always get the weekend started, really, with the Dino Babers show, and Brian will have Mike Lynch over there mm-hmm. tonight. And uh, really like Lynchy, a guy who you know, grew up in football. His father was a coach, and he's part of the mad science that's going on here in terms of uh, drawing up the ball plays. And uh, we'll kind of certainly we've talked plenty with Coach Babers, but we'll get more. Uh, from him and the, the two-hour version of the show tonight, by the way, too, with Coach sticking around till 9 o'clock. Yeah, first year of the two hours around here, so that's pretty cool with uh, Dino. And Mike Lynch, second year calling the plays after uh, he took over that role last year. And his first year doing it without Eric Dungy, so I'm kind of interested to see how that's going to go this year. Uh, what gets drawn up, if it's anything differently, or if it's the same play calls just executed uh, differently due to the different style of play of uh, Eric and Tommy, but that'll be uh, interesting to hear from Mike about. I just think there's more at the offense's disposal than in other years, and there are differences, obviously, that we'll see play out between Eric Dungy and Tommy DeVito. DeVito might not be as versatile, but he might be more dynamic and a better fit uh, for what's going on, and he certainly has more around them, uh, how they're going to get all these running backs uh, on the field, to me, is one of the, the interesting questions. Yeah, I mean, that's where a lot of the volume of talent is on the offense this year. I mean, do you want to see them on the field at the same time or not? Or is each guy getting a series? Or how's it going to work? And uh, how are you going to get the skill sets out? I think that's the challenge of any OC, utilizing those weapons. And he's got a lot of weapons around Tommy this year. And some of them might line up in the slot. For instance, Mo, no, Moniel for sure. Howard, probably not. Adams, probably not. But Moniel for sure. The, the fourth running back is that uh, Jawar Howard and or, uh, Johnson. He can really go. He's fast. And uh, so you get him with the ball in space. Uh, good things could happen there. So, all right, first week down. That was pretty easy, right? Uh, and then one only done. Th- three when you, shows. When you only do next four week. in a week, you can speed right through it. <laughs> pretty easy. Thanks to Tommy and Brian. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on the radio tonight at Press Room Pub at 7 o'clock. And then Saturday, 6 o'clock, kickoff. This is ESPN Radio.